Welcome back to Epilogues, an unpacking of the weekly Haftarah. You're listening to Rabbi Yaakov Tramp. This week we're going to be examining the Haftarah of Parshas Vayetze. The topic of our, our Haftarah is exile and return. As you'll notice in the Parshas Vayetze, Vayetze is really a paradigmatic parasha which deals with Golas, exile. Yaakov Avinu leaves his family, leaves his place, and returns at the end of the parasha. It is the, the parasha of Yetziah, of exiting, of leaving one's comfort, one's space, and the place that one feels safe. And this is really, is in a certain sense, a model for what all exile will look like in the future. What it will look like to be a diaspora jury, and this is learned from Yaakov Avinu to a large sense. It is important to understand that therefore, this Haftorah, when trying to capture that in the Nevi'im, turns to Sefer Hosher, Perek Yud Beis, Posig Yud Gimel, to Yud Dalad, Posig Yud at the end, um, the Nusach Sfarad, the the Eidut Mizrach, the Sfaradim, actually take the Torah a little bit earlier in the Hosher, starting already from Perek Yud Aleph, but for the sake of Ashkenazi, jury, we're going to focus on the the, the latter, essentially two Prakim of Sefer Hosher, with two extra added Psokim from the end of Perek Yud Beis. Um, it is worthwhile noting that in this Haftorah, as an overview, this is about the first exile. It's about the northern kingdom of Israel, which is going to be exiled by the Assyrian Empire, and it is the first and longest exile that Israelites have sustained throughout the course of history. This, this exile has not fully been returned, and it was the first of exiles as of you know, Israel as a nation as a whole. Let's take a look at our Torah inside. We're going to focus on two sections. The first section we'll call the Sins of Ephraim, and the second we'll talk about the re- the, the rest- restoration and the to show the re- process of return of Ephraim. Note that the word Ephraim in Avtorah does not refer to Ephraim as the tribe of Ephraim, but rather it refers to the, um, the northern kingdom whose main dominion was the area of Ephraim, and that's the, the, the expression of that. So let's take a look at the very basic overview. The Haftorah is rich with ideas, rich with images. Let's try, try to take a look at a few of them in the first section. Our first section runs from the end of Perak Yud Beis, Pasuk Yud Gimel, all the way to the first pasuk in Perak Yudalad, Yudalad Aleph. Here's how it goes, and the first w- words of this par- of this Haftorah capture the topic of our parasha. Vayivrach Yaakov Sadei Aram, Jacob Yaakov ran to the fields of Aram. Vayavod Yisrael Isha, and he worked to marry his wife, Uvi Isha Shamar, and he guarded or he looked after his wife. Then we, we sort of, that, that's sort of the general overview. And now the, uh, the explanation of that is, is how Israel brought out of Egypt later on. So they leave exile. And they were guarded by the Nevi'im. So the same way Yaakov Vinu did what he was supposed to in the state of exile, Israel did the same thing. However, But Ephraim <coughs> returned this goodness with anger. With cursing, with disgrace. And in, instead of doing what he should have, he became guilty and he was and he died. And then it goes on to describe all the sins of Ephraim. The idea of They took their golds and they made all kinds of idols. And they they and they they would sacrifice. We even hear about Adam Agolim Yishkoyun. the sacrifices of man. And therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu describes that because of this, they will be like the morning cloud, like the chaff blown away in the wind. All these metaphors described of how they will be dissipated and destroyed. HaShem reaffirms and He says, I am the God who took you out of Egypt. There's not been any other power that's looked after you. 
and yet you don't look to me. Yet you 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 ignore me, as Hakadosh Baruch Hu accuses them of as well. And he says, I'm I'm going to be like these animals, like a shachal, like a namer, like all these different, like a dov shakul, like the, these wild animals which are going to rip you up and hurt you. Why? Because shichescha Yisrael kivi beezrecha. You've hurt yourself. You destroyed yourself, O Israel. And he describes, I gave you a king in my anger, and I'm going to take him away as well. Your sovereignty will be lost. And finally, the last little section of this area, area it talks about the, that the, the birth pangs of Yoleda, are going to, of a, a woman in, in birth, is, of labor, is going to be like you. You're going to, the child will not be a good child that, that, that you're going to beget. This, this child will not be good. He'll, he'll be a problem among his brothers and he'll bring about difficulty um, from, for, from the wellspring of good. And, there, and because of this, Shomron will be made laid desolate as well. Variosov Yevko'u. It's a very just somber description of what's going on. It'll be a very, very sad description of all the difficulties that are going to ensue. A few points to ponder over here is, um, is that why are we hearing about Yaakov when you enter the house of love? On what sorts of fo- focus is this? And Surah explains at the very beginning over here that, um, that it, it's clear that he came with nothing. He had no name, he had no money, he had no skills, and it was only because of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, because of Hashem that made him successful. So Hashem is turning that upon him and saying, in the end of the day, well, um, why is it? Why is it that you don't um, notice and attribute the goodness to me? Why is it that you forget the goodness when I gave you this goodness? The same is, ex- is the experience of Israel. You came here with nothing, I brought you into this land, why do you forget me? As well, the Malam digs it a little further to say that the, that the the way that um, Esav was tricked for the brachos is the way that Yaakov had tricked Esav for the brachos is the way that Lavan actually tricked him. So sort of um, deceit um, begets deceit as well. So when we have to do that, unfortunately. Um, now, how is it? What's this business about Ephraim rebuking Israel and then sinning? So the Mefarshim actually attribute this to a person by the name of Yeravam ben Nevat. Yeravam ben Nevat was a person who came from the northern tribes, he came from the north, um, from Ephraim, and he was the pretender to the throne. So he felt that Shlomo Melech um, had gotten um, too satiated with his wealth and his power, and was not a, 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 a worthy king, and took advantage. He was banished by Shlomo Melech. Um, Shlomo Melech, in fact, did sin. He married the daughter of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and that's made him la- more lax in his avodah Hashem, his service of God. He missed waking up one morning. He had the keys to the base of Migdash. The korbanos could not be brought. And Yeravam thought this was very unbecoming, and he, and he rebuked, and rightfully so rebuked Shlomo Melech. He was seen as a pretender to the throne and was banished to Egypt. When Shlomo Melech dies, he returns and he rallies forces and finds those are, oh, who have economic dissatisfaction in the kingdom of Israel, and when the taxes are ratcheted up um, by ill-given advice to Rechavim, the son of Shlomo, he pull, pulls away and breaks away the northern tribes of Israel, and kill the tax collector, and, and create the, the northern kingdom. So, and in fact, this is all prophesied. Achia Sheloni, the great prophet, tells um, Yeravim that this is his, his, uh, his calling. But soon after he gets his calling, he starts um, bringing Avodah bringing idol worship into the nation of Israel. And so after doing what may have been the beginning of a correct idea, which is to is to move away from the corruption of 
um, kingship, he himself becomes even more corrupt as well. So it becomes, that's part of what's being described in the Haftarah as well, which led to the kingdom of Israel being religiously separate to the southern kingdom of Judea. Um, why, what's this business with all these wild animals that are mentioned here? The Malbim explains that there are four wild animals over here, and they are to represent the four different exiles which Israel will experience. And it is now describing how they view Hashem. So when the good happens, they don't bless Hashem. When the bad happens, and they blame Hashem like a wild animal. Look, why is God doing this to us? But that's not really the way it is. So it's actually their, their misattribution in their narrative of to how they view Hashem as well. Why is that they are called Shichescha Yisrael? You're, you're hurting yourself, right? The Ramalim says you must understand that the consequence of your action is what is bringing you this pain, not because Hashem is cruel, not because Hashem is even punishing. Hashem is leaving you up to the bad things that you chose as well. As a Pasuk over here describing a king, Nasadi Lecha Melech Ba'api. Um, I gave you a king in my anger. What does this refer to? So Radak says it goes all the way back to the beginning. Yeravam ben Nevat was a king, but he was not really a worthy king because he himself did not live up to the standards that he was seeking to fix. Um, whereas the Malbim says it could refer to the last king of the northern kingdom. His name was Hoshea ben Elah, not to be confused with Hoshea the prophet, which is the book that we're reading now. But Hoshea ben Elah was the last king and he was a very good king. He removed the Egle Zahav, the golden calves. He allowed, he, he allowed religious inter, interpolination between the north and the south, but um, at the same time, it was too late. And therefore, Akash Baruch says, I'm taking away because your action pattern is so severe as well. Very, very powerful description over here. We should also notice in the descriptions over here, the, the, the um, background theme, the motif of brotherhood and of sibling rivalry, which goes back already to our Pasha Vayetze, and Vayishlach, and Vayeshev Miketz, and Vayigash, where we're going to see the ideas in these Parshas of the sibling rivalry, of the ideology of Yosef being a dangerous one to other tribes, and this is being described as it plays itself out in Haftarah. Finally, the Haftarah concludes the second section, which is the return of Ephraim. This this section in Perik Yudada Beis to Yud should be a familiar um, uh, section in Nach because it starts with Shuva Yisrael Ad Hashem Lakecha Ki Choshalta Bavonecha, Return O Israel to Hashem, because you have, sin, you, have, you have tripped up in your sins. This should be familiar because this is also the Torah of Shabbos Shiva, which is why it's called Shabbos Shiva, is based on this Pasuk, Yudalit Beis. Um, we hear very many famous Psukim, Kachui Mochem Devorim Veshuvo Ela Hashem, take things with you and come back to God. Of Imro Ela Bakolti Savon, Vakartov Neshalmo for him, Savosenu Lela Mouths. Be like the Korbanos, you know, very beautiful ideas, and he goes on to rebuke him and saying, Ashur lo yishienu, that, that, that Assyria will not be our salvation, um, we're not going to look towards horses or military equipment, but rather Hashem says, I will be the one who's going to save you, I will be like the dew, I will be, that will allow the rose of the valley to sprout, to, to blossom. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu describes all this, if we are too willing to be, be to welcome back Akash Baruch Hu, Ephraim, Mali Oydela Atzabim, Ephraim, why do you create me more frustration? Ani Anisi Vashurenu, Ani Kivrosh Ra'anan, Mimeni, Periachanim. So for me, says God, you will find um, growth. For me, you will find vibrance. Micha Chom Viovim Ele, Novom Viedo Em, Ki Yashorem Darche Hashem, Et Sadikim Yelchubom, Poshin Yikoshlubom. Who will understand this? That in the ways of God, the righteous will go, and in the same ways themselves, the evil or the fools will perish or make um, or, 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 or trip up in. So the very uh, powerful description, a few basic questions in this section. What does it mean, Shuva Ad Hashem Rakecha, to, to do to Shuva till God? The Malbim says that means to say is you need to move out of your setting. You need to leave where you are right now. You leave your environment in order to be able to fix things as well. What does it mean that we should take things to Hashem? 
kechuim achem devarim. The Mitzvah explains it means devarim literally means words. You need. I want commitment. I want you to say and do what you're right. I don't want you to bring sacrifices because sacrifices are empty. You shown what it means. Radak takes it one step farther to say to that it means vidui. What's devarim words? You need to actually admit that you're wrong. Stop rationalizing. Stop giving lots of charity to cover up all the terrible things you did. No. Talk about the fact that you did wrong as well. Um, the Malbim says that, the, that this is after the success of, t- of Teshuvah and getting away from sin and fear of punishment. Now we have Teshuvah Me'ava. So first you do Teshuvah and now we have Gechul. Take all, all the experience you have and come closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Very powerful description over here. Who is it that uh, we, it says will sit in the shade of the tree? Yoshuvu Yeshu Yeshu They will sit in the shade of the tree. It refers to all those, says the Malbim, who are in, who are in exile. And now they're able to see that they can return because they did Teshuvah. Whereas the Chidas is it refers to those many, many different Gairim. Many different converts to Judaism who originally at Sinai were interdispersed among the different nations and now finally returned to the nation of Israel when Israel does its Shuva process. Finally, the last Pasuk is a very famous Pasuk, which is the idea that that the righteous will succeed in the ways of God and the, the um, portion of sinners will trip up in them. What does this refer to? The Gemara of Basra, Daf Peitas of tells us a very famous description from the words um, of Rabbi Yochanan, who says that he wasn't, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zaka wasn't sure as to whether to teach certain things that, 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 um, that uh, as smugglers or, or thieves would use as their tricks, um, and how they would, you know, hide money in their sticks and all those kind of things. And he says, I don't know what to do. Should I teach us the Mashir? Should I teach Torah about these things, which have, uh, have um, reflections in Halacha, which have applications in Halacha? Or should I not? If I teach them, people might learn from me the methodology of thievery. If I don't, then the thieves will say, you see, Torah is so innocent, it doesn't even understand the ways of the world. And so then in the end of the day, he concluded based on this Pasuk, Hashem, the ways of God. If you teach Torah, it is Yashar, is straight. Tzadikim Yochubam. Those who want to learn will use it in the right way. Those who are evil, those who are sinners will find anything, even the pure words of Torah has the opportunity for doing this as well. And this is really the, the, the conclusion of Yehoshua speaking to the northern kingdom and asking them to recognize the presence of Hashem, Hashem in their lives, in the goddess experience. And this reflects the parasha of Bayetze. In the meantime, have a wonderful, meaningful day and a beautiful Shabbat.